0: Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is eavesdropping at the movies. I'm Jose. I'm Mike. We saw the Florida Project, and unlike every time, ta- every other time, we actually saw it separately because we didn't have time to go see it together. So, you know, whereas in most podcasts we go see a film together and then we we come uh, in every other podcast. In every other movie. podcast. We see the film together, and then we come over to mine, and we just talk about it, like blind, really. Yeah. Mm. But I saw, uh, it, I saw it
1: three days ago. And I saw it... Yesterday. yesterday. I saw it two days ago. You saw it yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, so you know, the, the, the dynamic is probably going to be like... Oh,
1: I've had time to ruminate. Oh, how you... You, ca- you oh, could only so- dream of... Okay, well, there are advantages then, so let's begin with your ruminations. <laughs> now, see, unfortunately, my ruminations have led to very little. I didn't really <laughs> like it. Didn't you? I thought you would like it. I love it. Yeah. I do. I love I've it. I've come to the realization, I think, that these kind of slice of life movies do nothing for me. Well, I think for me, it's like a completely
0: great movie. It's I, like The Seeker or somebody like
1: that. Yeah, and this is what I. This is the kind of thing like this is kind of modern neorealism. realism. But it does nothing for me. And it never oh, has. Well, and, and there are other films like American Honey obviously did nothing for me, as you well know. Yes. I fell asleep in that. Oh um, my god. And, yeah. Uh, They're two of my favourite films. There are elements of moonlight before things kind of get going in that film that I don't really... don't capture me. Well, let me tell you what
0: I did like about it. Yeah. Like, Well, actually, I, you know, I could go on for quite a while. But um, it's a look at an underclass um, that I suppose is increasingly represented in American cinema. Uh, you know, it kind of hovers on the edges of many films. Uh, um it was it was it was the world of um the place beyond the pines, for example, mm. but here it's done without gloss so to speak. You see people and faces and clothes and ways of life that you recognize as being real that you know these are the people actually that you see around you in many ways, but that you never see in cinema, yeah you know, people with too many tats and bad hair and Mm. Yeah, you know, kind of just when I walk to the train station every morning to work, like, you know, people sleeping in, <laughs> in alleyways are these people, right? And they're, they're, you, ne- you almost never see them in cinema uh, like this, really. Mm. Uh, and I found them moving. I found it moving. I found it so moving. And, and the point of contrast for me is Ken Loach, right, whom I admire, but I don't like. And he's a pet peeve in a way. Because when he makes films about a social problem, his people are always so miserable, right? Like, they're always drug addicts and their parents beat them. And, and it's like unre- relentless grimness, really. Actually, I thought uh, I, Daniel Blake, you know, was, was a... Well, you know, actually, Daniel Blake is special because when that man kind of got up in the cinema and, you know... That's going to
1: forever colour your, your affection yeah, for that film. It's forever if that hadn't color.
0: happened, you wouldn't like it as much. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's 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 why I prize the experience of watching films collectively in a cinema. But the thing about this film, unlike Ken Loach's films, is that people are poor and they're miserable. Sorry, they're poor and they have to do things that are socially unacceptable, right? And their misery and their need drives them to do things that even they think is wrong. You know, but they have friendships and they have joy and they love their children, and, you know, they're kind of like fully realized people like, you know, I actually don't don't believe in this notion that just because you're poor, you'll, you, you can't be in love or you can't be beautiful or you can't have great sex or, you know, you can't have deep friendships. I mean, really, it's a, it's a banal way of life that thinks, you know, that poverty alone condemns you to joylessness, you know. And the thing about this film is it shows you all the grimness and it actually it kind of shows you the trajectory but it's kind of clouded in light. I mean, you know, the child is, like, fantastic. She doesn't see any of it, really, you know. She's like a, she's like a, 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 a Huckleberry Finn character, but she's a girl and she's mischievous. And, you know, she's, she gets in trouble because she likes to explore things. And, you know, and also because she's, she's a bit gobby and she stands, you know. She's very gobby. Yeah, I love that.
1: I mean, I wouldn't stand for that if that was my kid. <laughs> I didn't like her. You'd all slap her around. The <laughs> film, I wouldn't slap her. That just you know makes it worse. But if the film opens up on her and a couple of her friends running around, so so the Florida Project is the the setting for this film. It's, the Florida Project was the original name of what Walt Disney ended up. Turning into Walt Disney Land or Walt Disney World. Or in Disney Florida. world, yeah, there was the um, one in California, and then this was the
0: one that opened in, in Florida.
1: Yeah, and it, but it was a, it was supposed to be a, a, like a huge town, yeah. not just a resort. It was going to be a town and um, a, and a real kind of uh, new community sort of thing, um, which you know didn't quite transpire. But um, and so where these people live is it's unclear if it's kind of the remnants of that or if it's just named after no. that. Where they live
0: is on the outskirts of that, right? Um, yeah, in they, the,
1: but they live, in, they live in a kind of long-term motel, long-stay motel kind of place. Well, or, it's,
0: it's not even a lot. It's a motel,
1: right? And the film makes a point that it's on a week-to-week
0: basis, mm-hmm. right? And they have to check out every week for 24 hours so as not to get residency rights. Is it
1: every week? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I wasn't clear on that. But, yeah, um, but, I mean, I noticed, obviously, they're having to check out of a room and then move back into. To, so, they wouldn't be able to, so they wouldn't be claiming residency. So.
0: And that alone, you know, for me yeah. was like, kind of, um, when you think, uh, the, the rate at the motel, uh, the daily rate is $38 a night, mm. and it's much cheaper than anywhere else, right? Like, if you calculate that on a monthly basis, it's almost like $1,200 just on rent, mm. you know, for, like, people who are, like, below the poverty line, yeah. right? So it's a struggle just to pay the rent. Right, and, yeah. be- and because they have no job, they can't get anything cheaper. Because actually, if you have an annual lease, it's it would be cheaper than that. I expect for the same
1: quality of housing. Yeah. Um.
0: So 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 these people are kind of caught in, uh, you know, in this.
1: Yeah. So what? So what the film has done? The title is actually quite good because it, it it the idea of the Florida project being this 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 idea of this perfect new future that Walt Disney was going to build yeah. has now turned into literally what what is referred to America as the project. Yeah. Um, this kind of it. It's, it's not even a project. Well, it's not quite it's a, a project because it's, it's, it's not. It's not. You know, sort of social housing, but it's it's on that kind of level of yeah. Pe- uh, housing for people who are incredibly low income, below the poverty line, making ends meet, just that, about. The project would be a step up for these people. Yeah, the place where the the, the central characters um, live is called the Magic Castle. It's uh, it's a motel that's painted all in in this kind of purple lilac, um, and it's di- and the the staircases have sort of... Uh, castle-like... well, you know... The, the... you know the things you have on castles at the top? Yeah. Uh, uh, castle between. I think it's called. Right. The, yeah, it, it's designed to look a bit castly, like Disney. Mm. Um, and, and you know, they talk about uh, next door is future land. Yes. You know. Um, in fact, The Shade of Purple really, really got to me because I, it really reminds me... although it is... I, I guess it's kind of lilac, right? So, like, it's named after a flower. You see it in nature. It's a natural colour but it still feels so fake. Yes. it's It's got the, the the opening shot of the film is the two kids sitting against a wall, which is painted in this colour, and you can tell that it's it's kind of plastered badly um, and just been painted over, and then the, the, the credits roll just over this image of this wall. Mm. And the, the whole film is kind of, at that point, setting up, I think, this central image of something that, by its nature, is telling you that it's nicer than it is. But it's clearly not. Oh, that's interesting. That's yes. what I thought about this colour, this purple. It was yes.
0: awful. <laughs> well, yes. You know, so on the one hand, like, I love colour in a way. You know, it brought out a brightness. And, but this idea of it promising something that it doesn't deliver or evoking something that it doesn't live up to is kind of very interesting. Because that's the theme of the film in many ways, mm. right? Like, you know, that's, that's something that the film um, makes quite a large point of throughout. I I I found it so moving, really. And but but the you know it's it's like you see it's episodic in a way in a structure, right? So you see like these little vignettes, right? And then at some point, I was just really moved, you know. So it's all very funny. Do you remember at what point? Um, I think it was at the point where it's clear that the mother has been reduced to like selling herself yeah that's quite late on um, well it's at that point that the film began to be really moving to me and then yeah. at the end it became like really moving
1: the problem I had with these kind of vignettes is that really for 50 minutes it's an hour and 50 minutes the film and, and I know this because I was, I was checking my phone for the time you see, I, <laughs> I was, I was this uh, bored it flew by for me I was this <laughs> bored and uh, <laughs> the film has there are 50 minutes pass before a significant plot point I don't mind that. You see, you're too involved with plot. I. It's not so much that I'm like. Well, maybe it is, but I just I. I can't I can't help my just. Actual reaction to it, which was I was incredibly bored because nothing was happening, and and the. Watching these people just kind of go about their lives and the kind of the atmosphere in the world it was building, I felt like I've got the point of this. But look at it another way, all
0: kinds of things are happening. I know things
1: are happening, but nothing interesting was happening until that point. I was was waiting for a film to to take place.
0: To me, it was very interesting. I mean, you know, basically the film begins and, you know, a young woman, you know, mother, has just lost her job because, you know, she worked at a strip bar and the owner expected her to service, to be a prostitute as well as a stripper. And she drew the line at that. Mm. So that's how the film begins. And then basically you see her relationship with her daughter. You see kind of the daughter's relationship with the various children. You see how they get in trouble. How the friendships are ruptured by, you know, the parents. Like, you know, by, by the other parents. You see her friendship with this other woman. You see the buildup of a community that, you know, it's like a depression film. They all support each other, you know. Uh, so, you know, her best friend is basically feeding her. You know, so they go in the back door of this diner and she gives them like the leftover food, the waffles or whatever's Mm -hmm. been left over for the day. Because that's where her friend works. That's where her friend works. So, you know, you're kind of seeing all of these social relations that I think are so vivid and interesting and, you know, and partly so for almost never being represented, really. You know, I love that about it. Um, I also think it's so fascinating to see a film where there's no love interest at all, you know, except for the mother daughter Mm -hmm. relationship. You know and it's there's no there's no love relationship at all on the other hand kind of you know the dominant the main male figure is heroic right in his humanity really like he doesn't do anything heroic really hmm. you know but he's just so decent right so so that combination of it yeah being focused on 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 women on a mother-daughter relationship you know, and then kind of the other protagonist on the film being a, a man who's not a love interest, but who's nonetheless kind of, you know, uh, he basically is... He's paternal to a point, and he's, and he's... He's decent, yeah, right? And the film gets you to value just basic decency. Yeah. Right? Uh, and also he's a kind of a powerless man. I loved Willem Dafoe's performance, because, you know, every time his boss came around, you could see how he was also quaking in his boots, right? Like he didn't want to disrupt that relationship with the boss yeah right because that obviously his job is something he depends on as much as everybody else around this film does right like yeah. you know um i think the film also dislodges so many of the stereotypes of you know like the underclass and the poor just being stoned and you know being unwilling to work all the time right so obviously kind of drugs and so on figure in the film right but most of the time you see like this poor you know woman just hustling you know, so you're buying and selling perfume and going door to door and, you know, obviously like kind of, yeah, just basically working most of the day so that she could meet her rent, mm. right? And so all the work is just to have a roof over your head, really, because the food is kind of taken from charities and churches and, you know, her, her friend kind of bringing in food from where she works. It's kind of, it's it was very, very fascinating to me to see a film this rich in detail and whose subject is so grim, and yet the film be so light and funny, you know.
1: I, I love the, the young girl in it. Well, like I said, I think if I was a parent, I would have I'd disciplined that motherfucker. <laughs> well, this is what I was she was to, so cute. This is what I was and going, she was just doing what every very child it, does. It was, well, she was very the actor was, was, was very good. Um, But this is what I was going to get at before um, the film... The, when the film starts off, they're, they're running around Futureland, her and her mates, uh, spitting on cars, mm. and they're just so disrespectful. Like, if this is supposed to be a community of people who all help each other and hang out together, I know, I know this, this is the next community over from Magic Castle, but nonetheless, they're just gobbling on cars, and then when the, when the woman comes out and tells them off, they literally, I'm, I know I swear a lot on this, but they tell her to fuck off, yes. you know, in so many words. And they're like, they're six, seven years old, these kids.
0: Yes, and then the mother, um, you know, basically just supports her child, really. And so, you know, until, um, until she becomes friends with this lady. Um, you know, but then, uh, uh, you know, they do end up kind of cleaning the car. Um, I mean, I'm very sympathetic to them because the thing is that all of the rules, you know, that um, middle class society upholds don't apply to them, they, they, you know, they do not benefit from following those rules, mm. right, so, you know, if they have to cross them in order to get basic food on the table, you know, and a roof over their head, right, because they have to cross them all the line, I mean, basically, you know, this young mother is basically, you know, a hustler and a con person and a thief, you know, and ends up being a prostitute, right, but you could see how that's not her, you know, how circumstances are making her do yes. these things, yeah. right, so, you know, but I think there's an ethos that if you, you know, if you have to break the law just, just to breathe and eat, you know, then actually breaking the rules about other things are unimportant and inconsequential, mm. right? Like, you know, because those are the facts. The basics are reproducing your own life.
1: I think the problem I have with it, I guess, is, and I, I run the risk, I think, of sounding just smug. Um, but I felt like the film didn't tell me things I didn't know. In a way, I think if I were if, if I were like a Fox viewer who'd been conditioned to think of the poor as leeches, and you know, you, like ninety seven percent of poor people have fridges, oh, they're living the life, and they're you know living it up on welfare and all the rest of it. If I kind of thought like that, this film would be uh, anathema, you know, because of everything you say. It it, it it shows that life to be uh, very different to that, and and it's it's a struggle, and it's you know. So what if you, have, if you have a fridge? That's not like the marker of, of wealth. Mm. Um, but I kind of felt like I... No, none of that was news to me in this. I, I don't know if... Well, to me there were a lot of things that were... Didn't new. feel too original
0: in a way. Uh, well, to me it felt very original. It did. You know, as I said, first there's just the faces of people in this movie that I think are 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 very unusual in cinema, and I love seeing them, you know, those faces and those bodies, really, and, you know, the way that, like, poor people make, you know, the, like, the woman having the suntan topless, you know, who looked a little bit like, uh, <laughs> you know, Morticia or something, yeah, she, was, she had so much makeup on, and she was so old, and, you know, but she was entirely, like, made up, and, you know, obviously, being well presented was important, there were just so many touches of ...of people that kind of speak character. Mm. And then, you know, there were the social things that I found, like, so interesting, right? Like, you know, how this underclass of people manages quite well in Spanish. How transport is a real problem. When they live by the side of the road, they don't have their own transport. They can't get anywhere, that they can't get on foot. And on foot, they can't get very too, too many places in, in mm. Florida, right? So, I mean, to me, all of that was, like, kind of fascinating... But it was the emotional kind of things in the film that kind of affected me the most. Um, I mean, there were some things that I only understood a little bit later, like, um, you know, why does her best friend stop talking to her, right? You know, you can see how she would withdraw her child. I mean, they mm. burned, they burned the house down. <laughs> so you could see how, you know, she would want her child to be separate from the little girl for a little period. But why she would stop talking to her I didn't understand until maybe the end of the film.
1: I dunno, I suppose maybe I mean that didn't that didn't uh that that felt natural to me, I guess. I think that um the most important things in these women's lives is their children and, and the safety and and health and kind of welfare of their children. And so when that's threatened uh, it doesn't seem unreasonable that they would shut down completely against the person who right. kind of threatened that.
0: I found it unusual, um, you know, um, and I, I was also very surprised when she beat her up. Right when it erupted
1: into like just the fighting, yeah. um, taken out on the wrong person. Well, because it, cause it it's the stresses of the of the system within which she lives. Yeah, yeah, kind of erupting. Um, but beating up that person is not going to help you. Yes, but I so, guess it's it, it sort of that's, I, and it's it's a little bit like I guess maybe it's maybe it echoes kind of the way that people are pitted against each other by the powers that be. Well, you know? I think there is that, and actually, to me, it reminded me very much of characters
0: that you see in 1950s Italian films and Spanish films and Mexican films, right? Because, you know, a lot of it is just the desperation to get by, to survive, Mm. to eat, right? So all these things that these characters do, like, you know, somebody new comes in the motel and they grab their bags and bring them in for a tip, right? Like, yeah, that kind of desperation for survival. But seen in an American context is very shocking to me. And and it is new,
1: you know. Yeah, so essentially the the kind of the portrayal of, Parts of American society as near enough third world. completely, and and what goes along
0: with it that you know how 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 the loss of of a social system not only turns people well turns people into beggars but actually even even beggars without dignity, right? So for example, you know, kind of one of the things that that I've been seeing in Britain that you know I only ever associated with countries like Spain and so on is people not only begging, but begging with their head bowed down and their arms outstretched as if in prayer, right? Like, mm. yeah, like they're really begging. You know, they're not just holding... There's not just a coffee cup near them. They're actually literally begging, right? There's a kind of a humiliation, a loss of dignity of, you know, people shouldn't have to do that, right? Mm. Um, you know, so those are things that one would never see in in places like Britain even five years ago. I want to see now. And the film had a similar effect on me in terms of some of the characterizations and, you know, there are events and things and people that actually, you know, are new in American cinema or, yeah, surprisingly. Mm. Um.
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's it certainly is kind of, it's, it's a new style, not style, it's a new kind of facet of American cinema in a way that's been kind of coming up over the last five or six years. There was that other film, I think it was by the guy who made 99 Homes, Oh, let me just double what check. What was it? Um, which, again, I, I think for me is slightly why I feel like I've seen this before because it's Ramin Barani is the uh, director. Uh, Chop shop. That was it. I haven't seen that. 2007. And this was this was one of the films that was supposed to be, you know, people really rated it. this. Is one of the films of the year, one of the films of the decade, almost. And again, it, I I it did nothing for me. Am I am I a bastard? <laughs> Am I horrible? No, um, this do nothing for a, me.
0: You're a, you're, a, you're a totally schmaltzy uh, normally, actually. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I but mean, I'm
1: always schmaltzy for the wrong thing. Like I always cry when the robot finds love. Yes, <laughs> no, <laughs> but not for people yeah. who are in robots, actual
0: robots. rate a lot higher than people for you. I
1: know. <laughs> when when actual people are in pain, <laughs> I it you know. There's um, nothing for me.
0: I saw the previous film, yeah, which is Tangerine. Oh, yeah. And it's the famous one that was shot, shot on a, an iPhone. An iPhone. Um, and actually, what impressed me there was not the look of the film or anything. It was literally just the way these characters, it's all these drag queens and so on, and just the way that they looked and the way that they spoke. Like, you know, the very language that they used felt so original, right? Like, mm. kind of. Um, I mean, clearly influenced by television and, you know, kind right. of it's... I've not but, seen it, but actually, kind of just really startlingly original, and I felt like a similar way about this film, except obviously, you know, it's about less dramatic persona. It's it's about you know a, a, a woman who's too young to have a daughter that age, really, and who's not really. How old is that girl? She's twenty five, maybe. She's meant to be twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah, and, and the, the girl and the, and is the meant daughter- to be seven or eight.
1: Yeah, that's not too young. Well, that means she had her at 15. Yeah, that happens.
0: I know, but it's young. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's young, but it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but that's what I mean by too young. Uh, uh, not like physically too young. Yeah, you know, it's but like... Uh, um, societally too young. Yes, I mean, right. you, know, if a, you know, if a kid has a kid with no familial or or social support, mm. you know, there is a time when it's just too young. You yeah, can't provide, yeah. you know. So, um, Sorry, you know, and I also liked... I, well, you know, that, that look with all the tattoos or whatever, I find it horrible, really. Um, I find it very unattractive, Um, you know, that type of tattooing, not tattooing in general, but, you know, with like, you know, scrawled pretty much every surface and so on. Um, So that and the hair, you know, it indicates there's also kind of a defiance in the mother, right? Like, Mm. You know, um, it is it is like a defiance of the system. You don't dress like that and have those tattoos and then, like, you know, expect to get a job at a hairdressing so long or something, you know. Um, certainly not in America. So I think there is a kind of, uh, I don't know, I love her spirit. I love the mother spirit, right? She's defiant, right? And that's what makes it, like, kind of so sad. When you realise that, like, you know, the reason she's asking her daughter to take a bath is that she could, she could bring men in to the room for money. Yeah, right? um, yeah I found it, I did find it very moving.
1: I like the Willem Defoe character a lot. I, I like the. There's one moment which is memorable to me, which is he basically gets annoyed with these kids a lot because they're running around and, and disturbing people and yes. making a mess. They turn the power off at one point, and, you know, um, they're constantly causing trouble. But he... So despite the fact that he's... he's trying to get the parents to discipline them and he's saying you've got to stop this um he's still very protective of them and when people come round to kind of threaten uh the the um the mother and it kind of knocks on the door and he turns up says I'm the manager what's going on here he basically tells the person to get lost I can't remember exactly what the the argument is but you know he sides with the mother despite the fact that up until that point they've been quite antagonistic towards each other um, yes. It's again, as you said that kind of community thing. And then there's one point which I found memorable and, and enjoyed a lot, which is where the kids are running around playing hide and seek, and they run into his office and go under his desk. Yes. Um, and he's like, "Oh, lads, what are you doing?" And but he kind of accepts that. Okay, just stand under there and don't move anything. And of course yes. they do. But you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and then the other kid comes in looking for them, and he and there's this look. It's a really brilliant bit of performance. It's just this kind of like uh, eyebrows up, kind of knowing look. He just like nods uh-huh. below his desk like uh-huh. there they are, and he that's that one point where he plays along with them. Yes, and you get this different aspect to it. It's not purely that uh, yes. you know they're, they're a, a bane on his life, but actually he enjoys that he moment. He enjoys them. Yes, actually yeah. I think thought there was a point near the end where I thought the
0: child might end up with him. Really, um, you know, uh, uh, uh,
1: around when the when she's been taken away by the yeah, social, when social, social services. social
0: services come. Yeah, okay. Um, so I thought he was very, you know, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful character uh, and very empathetic. I also like the moment where the child molester.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's this guy hanging around the picnic benches where all the kids are playing. Yes. Uh, and, and Willem Dafoe's character uh, approaches him and says, what are you doing here? And the guy starts coming up with some excuse. Oh, I was looking for a soda. Yes. And he's ob- obviously lying, but he leads him along and he says, OK, well, let's go get you soda. Yes. And it takes a very long time. And then eventually explodes and yeah. sl- slaps it out of his hand and because yeah. uh, it's so clear go. he's come for the children. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and
0: actually, that's very interestingly done. It's be- very beautifully directed because initially all you see is an old man with the children in what looks like it could be used as a park for everybody, right? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. So, so it's not obvious that that man is there, you know, for reasons other than you know to be there in the grass or whatever, you know. But then it becomes very quickly clear. Yes. You know? Um, so he's he's looking after the children. And he's, you know, and he's sympathetic to the people living there. And then there's that sense where, you know, the once a week where they have to go to another motel, yeah, so they break, so they don't establish residency, they have a deal with the other motel that, you know, they'll charge them only $38 instead of the 45 they normally charge if they come from this motel. Mm. And, you know, the lady refuses and he pays the difference, right? Yeah. You know, so... I mean, there's lots of little incidents like that. So you're right. Like, I mean, the overarching story is just a woman loses her job, right? Um, Has to make ends meet. Um, She ends up doing what she lost her job for being unwilling to do. Yeah. Right. And as a result of that, she loses her child. That's the story in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's filled through with like all of these really moving beautifully done little vignettes of what life is like you know if you are an underclass person and the life that you lead is exactly the opposite of what Walt Disney promises Mm -hmm. you know Um, and this is done just in the shadow of you know, Disney World, it's that's really right. They live next door to Disney they World, and occasionally, World.
1: occasionally, they pop in on Disney World to try and sell their you know, stolen perfume uh, and, 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 uh, and get kicked out and, and the bracelets
0: do. that they nick off that's right, cus- you know, people and so
1: on. So, um, I found this kind of signifiers of wealth yeah. next door that they just barely well, not barely have access to, but they, they just have to use just to make money off and. Well, what she's when you know, so basically,
0: you know, the mother is reduced to turning tricks, and basically she steals uh, off her tricks, and you know, one of the things that you learn is that like these five bracelets for Disney World, you know, uh, cost seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, four bracelets. Yeah, so Mm. you know, kind of, yeah. I mean, the the disparity between you know being able to afford you know, $1,700 just to go to Disney World, just, you know, for the just on price spending, of entry. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, trying to, to dream up and drum up and all the work you have to do to get the $38 to pay for that motel. The discrepancy is just enormous. Yeah. Right. Um, I also just love the, the whole way the film was shot because it's mostly shot in quite wide angles, right? You know, so you not only see the characters but you see the world you know that they inhabit right like kind of you know the the background is part of the character it's part of the story that's being told right and so you know kind of these children are constantly shot like you know in front of the of the highway um which is a dirty and dangerous right with little patches of grass in it like you know, it's it's like the opposite of a neighborhood or a community in the sense that like there's no sidewalks, you know, right? Yeah. There, you know, so it's all parking lots. It's it's the place is inhabitable unless you have a car, right? And so the children make this. The children, in fact, do make of this very inhospitable place a magic kingdom. You know, with, I think they have great fun, and for them it's an adventure. You know, um, and I love I love the contrast between. You know, the backgrounds that you're seeing, the cheap shops and, you know, the carriageways and the diners and, you know, all these strip malls and so on. And then, actually, the life that these children imbued it with.
1: Let's not let's not, let's not give the kids that much credit. I on. mean, the kids, it's not like they're using their imagination to build these beautiful worlds. I think they know the world that they're living in and they're just there. I mean, for instance, when they go and bum money off people to get ice cream, they're not like... You know, they're not—they're not pretending that this is some magic adventure. They're—they're they're bumming money off people to get ice cream, and they know exactly what they're doing, and they're lying. You know, they're saying, "Oh, I, I have a throat condition. I need to have ice cream." The doctor says, "Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of terrible lies. But isn't like she exactly? But, I but it's
0: that but was the, so but cute the, and yeah, smart.
1: But, yeah, sure, but it's not like that. But, but the point is, they're not—you uh, know—sort of they're not play acting. At, you know, kind of no, turning the but, world into something that it's
0: not. No, but they are. I mean, the scene where they go into the deserted houses, right? So clearly, yeah. The there's one. The the, the the banking crisis, all people have left home. There's this whole area that's completely derelict of what were once clearly like, you know, nice middle class houses are now entirely derelict. Right, and they walk through this house and say, "Oh, I'd put yeah, i have my living room like this, and I'd do this, and you know, this I'll have put bookshelves here, you know, and then oh, isn't this a lovely fire? Let's light a fire, you know." So, and of course, the whole they burn the whole thing down. Yeah. But actually, the spirit in which it's done is very childlike and curious and imaginative, and you know, I think yeah. it's a wonderful portrait of childhood. Actually, There's one scene. Well,
1: that's looks like cut, that's it, one scene. It, that, but it, but there are also a lot of other scenes where they are seeing the world more or less as it is. And interacting with it they're in seeing, a way that takes advantage
0: of it. and They're seeing their world as children. I mean, you know, kind of, they're smart and they clearly have to survive. So, you know, sometimes they're trying to hustle people and they're seven, you know, and sometimes they're playing hide and seek under a desk because they're seven. Yeah.
1: You know, and... I'm not saying they're not kids. I'm saying I think it's a perfect, I think it's a, a very uh, realistic, convincing portrayal of, of kind of childhood life. Yes, I think but, so too. Um... But I don't, think, I don't agree with this notion that, uh, well, they turn the world into a real magic kingdom. They don't. I'm not, I'm,
0: not don't saying, that, uh, I'm not saying that they turn the world into a real magic kingdom. But I think they make fun, and they bring fun and light yes, and joy and curiosity and adventure to the world that they live in. Which yeah. I, otherwise could have been depicted as just being really grim. You know, like kind of, they have nothing to eat except what they get off a church but actually, you know, she loves strawberries, croissants, and they sometimes have them. Or you know, like yeah, yeah. She, I mean, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so I think I think actually to be able to turn that world into something so full of laughter is in itself kind of, you know, extraordinary. What do you think of the very end? I I I was a little bit
1: unsatisfied. Yeah, I was very unsatisfied. Um, you know, just because so so the so the mother is, the mother and child are being broken up, social services are there to um, split them up and take the child away. The mother is kind of trying to keep that from the kid, but the kid ends up figuring out um that she's been moved to a different home um uh, a foster home, and she runs to uh future world, which is where she's made this this other friend who's kind of become corrupted by her slightly throughout the course of the film yes. she's like taken to swearing and stuff like this a little bit um, and become a bit of a miscreant but um and you, and you remind her at this point that this seven-year-old is seven years old. Yeah. And she cries. Yeah. And it's... Well, um, I, I want to say it's sort of heartbreaking, but... It was. It kind of was, but this is for me, like, I should have been breaking down at this point, if this is what I'm like. And at this point, I'm thinking to myself, how did they get this performance out of the kid? It's a great performance. It did nothing for me, but I was... But... That's so you think I, they, they beat her up? No, said. not at all. The point is that, actually, I was... I'm going... Instead of feeling, I I was detached. Huh. You know, I was thinking about the performance, no, I was, rather than feeling it. I was right with it until, at that moment. But it is I mean, a great moment. You know, you've got it, to say it's a great moment. So after the kid has uh, has cried her eyes out, her friend uh, takes her by the hand and they run to Disney World and they run into Disney World. And you can yes. tell this is shot on an iPhone. This bit. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it has been shot digitally and on thirty-five mil. Um, that this has been shot on an iPhone without Disney's permission. Yes. Um, and uh, the last few shots are of them entering the Magic Kingdom and approaching Cinderella's castle. Yes. In the film, and the, and there's music coming up. There's kind of beautiful orchestral music, and then the film cuts to black, and that's the end. Yes. And um, yeah, I I felt very. Uh, I don't know what the word is bereft, <laughs> let down. <laughs> uh, I, I I I felt. It, well, it felt kind of predictable, I suppose. At the end, like I thought. Well, at some point they're going to go to Disney. The ending is the end. The ending,
0: it's a, the ending is interesting because in a way it's a pat moment, right? You know, it's like a pat thematic moment. You're really kind of bringing out the contrast between like this these children and you know the way that things should be. It's not, and it's not going to be. You know, life is not Cinderella's castle. It's certainly not this child's life. But on the other hand. It doesn't answer any of the questions. Like, it doesn't end the movie. So, basically, it's at that moment where the child is being separated from the mother, and they run away, mm. right? And, and basically, you know that sooner or later, child services will catch up with them or whatever. But it feels both too open-ended and too pat. Yeah. What do you mean by pat? Well, you know, that... Like a cliche? Yeah. You know, too neat, too mm. packaged. Right, you know, so the the guys like bringing the directors bringing the 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 theme home, like is a little bit bludgeoning you with it in a way that's just too too neat. So you know, he wants that contrast between Cinderella's castle and a child now homeless and motherless and running
1: away. Right, like it's just too too neat. Well, there's a kind of contrast, I suppose. this comparison between the the Cinderella's castle and the magic castle that the kid has grown up in, and. They're both as fake as each other, really. But she believes in one. She she you know she she escapes to one when she's been kicked out of the other.
0: Well, you know, the magic castle is certainly not magic, and Cinderella's castle is not for her. I'm
1: I'm trying to be generous to the end, to, to be honest. But but I think it's I I think I think it's it's like it's like that shade of purple where it it looks better than it is. <laughs> How could somebody like
0: so schmaltzy about robots and toy stories, know. you know, <laughs> be so, so stony hearted about real people? <laughs> no, 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 it's just, it's
1: none, none of these films ever, ever does it for me. I, and I don't feel like I'm shutting myself off to them. I think like if I really felt it, then I would respond. But Yes, but you don't feel but it. But I have a track record of not, it happened with Daniel. Bla- Daniel Blake as well. Yes. You know, well, I respected I, the hell out of these, out of that film. And I respect this film in some ways, hmm. but I don't feel it. Right. Oh well. Yeah. What a pity.
0: <laughs> I I hope anybody listening goes to see it though. It's really great.
1: <laughs> it is. It is worth seeing, and I don't regret seeing it. That's for sure. I I, I It crossed my mind leaving the points, honestly, but hmm. uh, but but not to the point. I would never have actually done it. Like uh, you know. For one thing, I owe it to you to see the bloody film properly, yes. um, you know, and uh, and you should. You know, it's no harm in seeing a film. I very very rarely walked out of movies. I, I do pretty regularly,
0: but you know, um,
1: and certainly not film like, like this, that. which clearly has value, even if you're not enjoying it. Mm. Um, and it, I, I, it's enjoying. The well, world I think world. that's it's a, a good point, language, right? Because but, you know, films like this that aren't part of some big
0: franchise or you know that the major drive for making this film was not money right it Mm. really was like an attempt to to express something and depict a particular world you know and i do think that it's that one does owe it to the film when it's so clearly in that spirit to at least try and meet it halfway right like yes you know um so but
1: you know but that makes it sound kind of it's like yeah it's like it's not up to you to do the film a favor and if a film isn't good then it's you know it's still perfectly valid to say this film isn't good even if it's made for the right reasons
0: yeah but i also think that you know we often go to the cinema as if cinema in general is meant to be a pleasure machine or something it's it's there you know to 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 give you pleasure in all these ways yeah you know which and i think that's true of some kinds of films but it's not true of others right like yeah. you know kind of cinema is an art form and therefore You know, I think you you have to go to some films just to to try to be open to understand whatever it is that they're trying to express, right? Yeah, you know, Uh, and and the ways that they're trying to do so, you know, um, and not just go in kind of with, yeah, that somehow owes it to you to be. If it doesn't please you in all these ways, it hasn't been a success. No, sure. Um, I agree.
1: So. And that's why I stayed. And aren't I a hero? I've <laughs> <laughs> been a medal. <mellow. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, on that note, shall we end
0: it here? Yes, do yes. that. Right, go see it.
1: Yeah, yeah, you should see it. <laughs>